Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. And uh, today we're going to talk about a bunch of random stuff, dog training, annoying stuff that the dogs do. And there will be random dog noises in the background, as usual. Yeah, they're pretty, feature. pretty active. Uh, cocktail of the week. We just got back from dinner, and we had a cava sangria. So it was a fishbowl with oranges and some juices in there, maybe orange and pineapple and a few strawberries. And then they just dumped a whole bottle of kava in that fishbowl, and they stuck a ladle in there. And uh, it was real good, actually. Kava's fizzy, so it was super fizzy. It was delish. Uh, Jer Dad is now drinking Too Hard a Dale, which we've talked about on Twitter before, but straight up beer. It's delicious. It's from Michigan, which I hadn't thought of as a beer place, but it's delicious. It's got a picture of a fish on it. So, uh, yeah, if you're an ale lover, try that one. Bell's Brewery. Okay. Um, did I tell you my mom listens to the podcast? No. <laughs> so, Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Uh, here's how I found this out. I was texting with Mom, and I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to go be on this podcast. It was, I think, before I went to record the uh, the Love It or Leave It podcast live. And I just said, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm doing a thing tonight. I'm going to be on this podcast. And she goes, oh, is it the porn one? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I see. She's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, I was not on My Dad Wrote a Porno but uh, I totally would be, so James, Jamie, and Alice hit me up. I'd be happy to be on the footnotes. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm not doing any porn-related podcasts at the moment, so you don't have anything to worry about, Mom. Uh, anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised by that. Uh, okay, dog training. I get a ton of questions about people, like, oh, I'm getting a dog. Do you have any tips about the training? So we thought we'd talk a little bit about training the dogs. Because generally, like, we just do positive reinforcement training. I think that's the really the only way to well train your dogs. Yeah, so positive reinforcement training is uh, that you basically reward them for doing good stuff. You have to figure out what is a good reward for them which we'll talk about, which was tricky in some cases. Uh, but once you figure that out, you reward for the good stuff over and over, and you tend not to punish much, if at all, for the bad stuff. So, like, when we were housebreaking Hops and Vang, like, if we would literally catch them in the act of peeing on the carpet, we'd kind of be like, no, 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 and then pick them up and drag them outside as they're, like, peeing along the way. Yeah, it was, like, dramatic, but not... We weren't trying to be angry or... Uh, make them feel worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the thing. Like, if your parents threaten to smack you around, you may try to behave because you're afraid of getting smacked around, but you don't learn that good stuff is good. You just learn, like, oh, a really bad thing could happen to me if I do this bad thing. Yeah. And, like, that's not effective. That just makes you an anxious, fearful person. And the same goes for dogs. Like, if you yell at them, they become anxious and fearful. And actually, like, a lot of dogs who eat their own poop get that way because people yell at them when they catch them having accidents, and then the dog knows that, like, the poop gets them yelled at. The poop is bad. The poop is bad, and so then they start to eat it because they're afraid that they're going to get in trouble for it, which creates all this anxiety for them. They don't actually learn the thing. Uh, yeah, and, and in a way, if you reward them being good, they're like, Oh, this is the good thing. I'm happy because I did something right. Dogs are 
one dog trainer said, dogs are like little fascists. They love to know the rules and follow them. They, that, like, makes them happy to have structure and, and rules. That's, that's actually a really good point. Like, it super matters that you have rules for your dog. Like, you know, I see these people whose dogs, like, poop in the house all the time because they haven't trained them to go outside. And, like, I get that you don't want to yell at the dog, and you shouldn't yell at the dog, but you can still positively train your dog to go outside, and they're actually much happier than... And we kind of see this with Schmieg. She's definitely our most anxious dog. And so I've started training her at dinner time. She is just all over the place. Uh, so she's on a diet because she needs to lose some weight. And she's lost a lot. She's lost like 10 pounds, but she still needs to lose more. So I think she's hungry a lot. She's very food motivated. And so when I start making meals, she is like... She, st- she always needs to be standing and facing me, which means when I'm walking around, like, to get the broccoli, to cut up carrots, whatever. Yeah, it's not a big kitchen. No, my kitchen is, is, like, six by six. It's really small. And so Maggie is just, like, constantly, like, trying to stand in front of me, and then I'll walk, and she'll try to walk backwards, and her hips aren't all that stable, and so she'll kind of, like, slide around, and she gets super freaked out all the time when I'm making dinner. And so I've started training her to sit and stay like on her little mat or on the rug where she's not going to slide around and she gets it like sit and stay is what she does when I'm making dinner and we're not perfect at it yet but she's really she's quite good at it um and she'll she's got a great stay actually and so when I walk past like I'll praise her for sitting and staying and she's so much less nervous when we're doing that. But she knows, like, this is the rule. I sit here and I stay. And I may want to do all this other stuff, but at least I'm not freaked out because I know I'm doing the right thing. It's, it's so interesting that you say she doesn't know what to do with herself because that makes her anxious, right, if she doesn't know what to do with herself. If you tell her, sit and stay, she's like, oh, I will do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. This yeah. is great. And I still get petted on the head, and I'm still, like, not ignored. It's totally. Good. Yeah, like she may be excited and she may want to be running around, but she knows that that's the rule. And if we don't do any rules and we just let her do whatever she wants, she gets really nervous about it. So um, having rules for the dogs, and you don't, you know, some people are super draconian. The dog will, like, never sniff when we're out walking and all this stuff. Like, let them be dogs. But uh, having some rules and structure that make your life easier will also make their life easier. Yeah, they're never sad that they can't do something. They're always just happy that they know what to do and that they're doing it yeah so don't yell at your dog when so we took hops and vink they both did uh puppy training classes we had a great puppy trainer especially for hops um and i've taken vink to that same trainer she's ripping up a toy in the background by the way if you hear a weird noise um and that trainer is like sort of imagine like you have gone to a prison camp and a guard is yelling at you in a language that you don't speak. Like, that's basically what it's like for the dog. Like, they don't understand any of the words that you're saying. They, you know, they understand, like, the five or ten commands that you teach them, but all the other stuff they don't know. So just imagine someone yelling at you in, like, Russian or Czech or some language you don't yeah, speak. Yeah, you try to do something, and then they yell at you some more or something. Yeah, like, like you, you just want to do the right thing, but you don't understand any of the words that they're saying. How are they going to effectively teach you to do the right thing? Like, if you do the right thing and they give you praise, that's good. And if they... Vink. Vink's got... She just did a squeakectomy on that toy, and now the squeaker's out. Uh, Yeah, if they just yell at you in a foreign language that you don't understand, you don't really know what it is that you did wrong. Like, you're... Especially in dogs, they don't have any memory 
Like, they don't have a long-term memory for what it was that they did, so they just know that they're getting screamed at, and then you become a scary person. So if you want a happy, well-adjusted dog, positive reinforcement only. Yeah, it's it's an interesting mental exercise. To, it's easy to say, I don't want you to do that. Don't do that. No, right? But try to think of it as, what can I tell them to do that I would encourage them to do that I want them to do? Right? So we let the dogs out, and they, they go out. And then we praise them, and, you know, and we're happy, and we, we think that's good, and I tend to give them treats when they come inside. But <laughs> generally, you know, that's the good thing to do, and it, it doesn't, it sort of cuts out the bad thing, right? And they don't poop inside or, or pee inside. So, I mean, and they naturally know to go outside now, so there's more learning going on. But just if you can find something positive you want them to do and reward them for that, it's going to be like a hundred times more effective than, than yelling at them when they're doing something bad, especially if you yell at them some after they've done something bad. Oh yeah, because then they they have no memory of what the bad thing was. And again, you're just the scary person, and they're and they're going to be all nervous, and and they don't know when they're going to get yelled at again because it's so out of context. Uh, so this is not to say that this is always easy, and Hops is a good example of this. So, I got Hops, and she went through puppy training she got puppy star puppy which star. is puppy star is like canine good citizen precursor for puppy she got a little medal for mm-hmm. finishing puppy star uh we did a tricks class like hops loves training but hops did not like to come when i called her and i remember so we got her in like july and i was going home to see my parents for christmas so it was you know, late December, and we were driving. It was just me and Hops, and we stopped in Bryan, Ohio, which is on the Ohio-Indiana border, basically, at a Holiday Inn Express, and I had taken her out and I mean, at, like, midnight, right, to, like, do her business, and... It's probably cold. Oh, it was freezing, and there was a ton of snow, and... I made the mistake of letting her off the leash because I was like, oh, I'm going to let her run. It's This hotel is like literally in the middle of a cornfield. There's, you know, she's not going to run into anything bad. And she would not come to me. She would not come. She's zooming around in the snow and I would try to grab her and she would run away. Like she thought this was a great game. I was so angry. So stressful. I was fantasizing about shock collars. You should never use a shock collar. But I was like, I am so mad at this dog right now. And she's doing all this bad stuff and she thinks it's hilarious. She does not care. Yeah. She does not care at all. I am so angry at her. And so I emailed the trainer and I was like, I am at the end of my rope. She will not come. Like, I eventually managed to catch her. But I think I was out in the snow for an hour trying to get her. It was terrible. And, you know, so, yeah, I shouldn't let her off the leash. But also there's times where you need your dog to come. That's, that's like the most important thing for, for dog safety, your safety, that the dog has to come like un- automatically unquestioningly. That's right. They need you to just know that coming is what they do. And, uh, you know, we've done this with Vink. Vink also has done a, a class on recall coming. And... Like, Vink has a couple times pulled out of her collar, and one's even pulled out of her harness on a walk. And then, you know, something like that happens, or if you drop the leash, like, even if you never plan to let them off leash, 
if something like that happens, you know, you trip while you're on the walk and you accidentally let go of the leash and they start going, you need them to come right away. And so I was like, I have no idea what to do. And so I talked to the trainer. We kind of worked out. We need to find something really motivating for hops. And we were trying hot dogs and cheese. And I mean, she liked all those, but it wasn't enough to get her to come when she didn't want to. And so what I ended up doing is getting like an industrial syringe. So this is not like a diabetes syringe. This thing is like two inches in diameter. For cattle, I think. I don't, I don't even know. I think it's for cattle. Uh, I mean, you use them sometimes for like squirting epoxy and stuff. Anyway, it's a big ass syringe. And I went to the store and I bought liverwurst in a tube. And I would <laughs> fill the syringe with liverwurst. I think they call it Braunschweiger in the Midwest. Braunschweiger, yeah. Ugh, it's so nasty. So uh, so I had tried to teach her come, and she kind of learned that she didn't have to come when I said come. And so when I started to retrain her, we had to come up with a new command, and it can be anything you want. One word is good. Here, works, whatever. I decided with touch, and I put out two fingers, and the goal is to get her to touch her little nose on my two fingers. And so we started teaching her touch, and we'd start with her just like right next to me and I would put my two fingers on her nose and say touch and then take the syringe of liverwurst and squirt some into her mouth <laughs> and uh, kind of do that over and over a bunch of times to kind of prime her to be like oh when Jen says touch I get this magical liverwurst which she just thought was like amazing and so then I'd move like one foot away and hold out my two fingers and say touch and then the second she put her little nose on there I would squirt the liverwurst into her mouth. And I mean, it was a month, I think, that we had a syringe of liverwurst in the fridge. And, you know, she'd go out. And when she when she would already would be coming in, I would say touch and then give her the liverwurst. And it took about a month. And now she has the best recall of any of the dogs. Uh, she goes off leash when we're out in the woods. And if I say touch, like she's there instantly, she knows to turn around. And she was the worst at it before. Um, so it was like figuring out what's that positive thing that she really wants. And she was always food motivated, but finding like the best, most special food that she ever could possibly want. And then giving that to her as she learned to do the thing. And it's totally worth the anything, right? Braunschweiger, whatever bizarre method it takes. Because like, you will need the recall when... The dog's in the road and a car is coming yep. or like a deer is running into the forest or I mean something bad is about to happen and the dog like can't even think about it and has to come right mm -hmm. away. It's like the most important thing, really. Absolutely. We got Venkman to a pretty good point, too. Um, but yeah, her recall was not great. And so we did a, a like six session recall class with her and she was great by the end. We had a 20 foot leash. And so. Then you call, and if they don't come, you can kind of pull them and get them to come over as a, a starting point. Um, so, yeah, but some dogs like toys, you know, and you see this a lot with, like, working dogs, like police dogs and stuff. Like, they get rewarded with toys to play. Um, figure out what's, like, the most motivating thing for your dog, and then you give them that when they do the right thing. Yeah, with ours, it was some version of food, usually. Goldens especially are super food motivated. I mean, a lot of dogs are. Um, but it's rare to find a golden that's not food motivated. So, 
Yeah, positive reinforcement is the way to do it. And even if you want to throttle them, hops, I'm looking at you, because uh, they're such terrible misbehaviors, you're not really going to accomplish much because either they won't respond, which is what Hops did, and Vink does not at all respond to being yelled at. Uh, she just has, like, no idea. It's like, oh, it got loud. <laughs> like, she does not know that she's in trouble. Yeah. Um, or they get really scared, and that's not good either. But even if they're incorrigible, you can train them with positive reinforcement to do the right thing. Yeah, and... The- I mean, this is—it's really an interesting exercise in empathy and and figuring out what you're, what you're doing, right? And and controlling yourself. Because if your dog comes back, and you're super worried and you yell at your dog for running away, the dog doesn't know why you're yelling. Oh, queso bark. Queso barks in the background. So the dog doesn't know why you're yelling at her or him. It just knows that when they come back, you get they get yelled at. Well, that's not a good motivation, right? I mean. Everything in you wants to yell at that dog because they're, they just ran away and did like put themselves in danger, but you can't. No, if the prison guard yells at you in check every time you go up to the prison guard, you're not going to go up to the prison guard anymore. Yeah. Even if they're yelling at you that you need to come sooner because you don't know what they're saying. That's right. And neither does your dog. So uh, positive reinforcement is the way to go. So, uh, yeah, if you need tips on that, you can always message us on Twitter. Uh, is the best way to do it, but I check Instagram and Snapchat's full of spam, so it's unlikely that I'll see what you sent there. I try to read it, but yeah. um, but there's also tons of good resources on positive reinforcement training online, so if you need some tips, that's a good thing to look at, and if you're just like, I don't even know what else to try with my dog, go ahead and send me a message. I am not a certified dog trainer, but I have trained a lot of dogs, and incidentally, this is why I can get the girls to take good pictures. Like, oh. I didn't set out to, like, consciously train them to take decent photos, but they kind of learned eventually, you know, I used to use snacks, and so I would hold up snacks, and everyone would look at the snack, and I would take their picture, and then I'd give them the snack. And so they kind of eventually learned that, like, when I get the camera out and stand there and kind of, <coughs> oh, my goodness, hops, and hold my hand up, that it's picture time. And if they sit there and look at the camera, then they will get a snack. And so a lot of times they still do get snacks, but they've learned that camera time is picture time. And so I sort of passively trained them all. And even Queso now, like, understands when it's picture time and will usually sit there for a minute. She doesn't care about anything. No, like, if she wants to go somewhere, she's going. And you can try, you can, like, literally hold her still, and then as soon as you let go, she continues going where she was going to go. Like, she gives zero fucks. She's like a tank. Yeah. Uh, But she knows that if I'm kind of holding my hand up and I have the camera, that it's picture time and that she's likely to get a treat if she sits there for a second. So uh, it's a way that you can kind of teach your dogs to do pretty much anything. Yeah, be nice. Be nice. Just be nice. Don't be a jerk. Don't yell at them. Be only nice. F- find something good that they're doing and be nice about it. And they'll like it. Yep. Yep. Uh, this works with people, too, by the way. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Positive reinforcement training 100% works with people. Uh, though it's harder because a lot of them are jerks and need to be yelled at and told that they're idiots. Yeah, I, I took a uh, like one of those industrial psychology classes once and and they said talking to yourself works right if you if you 
are talking to yourself and encouraging yourself, kind of like Stuart Smalley in Saturday Night Live saying, good enough, smart I'm good enough. enough, I'm smart enough. Gosh pe- darn it, people like me. People like me. It actually works. Uh, and, and if you say, I'm going to have the best presentation ever today, or I'm going to do a great job in my job interview, it will actually work. It'll make you perform better. So there's some psychology there. But they said what doesn't work is the negative part, where you say, I'm not going to screw up, or I'm not going to trip, or they had an experiment where someone was carrying a glass of red wine, super full, and they would tell themselves, I'm not going to spill this red wine. And they would more often than not spill the red wine onto the white couch. Because your brain just hears the spill the red wine part. And you're picturing yourself spilling the red wine, and that makes it worse. Like the, the soccer player that says, I'm not going to shoot it into the left top corner, pictures themselves shooting into the left top corner, and they'll shoot it up there. But if you go, I'm going to hold this steady, then you do better. It's supposed to, I'm not going to screw this up. Yeah, I'm going to carry this glass all the way to that table without spilling a drop. And then you picture yourself doing it, and that actually works. It's weird. That's interesting. Uh, so be nice to yourself and others and your dogs, and everyone will perform better. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I thought also this episode we could talk about some of the annoying things that the girls do um, because we love them, but they all do some annoying They're stuff. They're all perfect angels and nobody ever does anything bad. That's not true. <laughs> let's talk about what some of the annoying stuff uh, is. Uh, let's start with Vink. Ugh. All right, so Vink. <laughs> oh, Vink. All right, so in the middle of the night, Vink will be like laying in the hallway and she'll start going, Meef! Meef! Oh, crap. She's in distress. Something's really urgent with me. It wakes me up out of my deepest slumber. I think like new parents are with their babies. You know, one peep from the baby, they're instantly awake. I'm like that with Vink when she makes these sounds. And we did kind of teach her. It took a while to housebreak her because she's stupid. Uh, (laughs) But we did eventually teach her, go to the back door and make those sounds. And we will immediately open it and praise you and let you out. And that's good. And, uh... So now she knows when she makes those sounds, we immediately get up and come over. But she needs us there for all kinds of stuff. So the middle of the night ones, she'll be at the top of the stairs. So our house is really small. You go up the stairs, and the bedroom is to the right, and the bathroom is to the left. And that's it. Like, there's nothing else up there. Eight feet in between. Maybe. It's eight steps, actually, on my Fitbit. There's not really a hallway. (laughs) There's, there's, yeah, just a tiny little space. Um... So she'll be at the top of the stairs, and she'll make this noise, and I'll get up, and what she wants is to come into the bedroom, which she 100% could do with no human intervention. There's nothing in her way. There's no problem. There's no great weight lying on her. No. She just wants me to stand there and say, okay, Vink, and so then she'll get up and walk into her bed. Uh, she does it sometimes during the day, too, or I'll be, like, in the house working, and she'll go, Mirf, and I'll be like, oh, does she need something? No, she just wants to change position. <laughs> she sometimes does it when she's in her bed. She wants to change position, so she will cry in the middle of the night until I wake up and get out of bed, and then she'll change positions and go back to sleep. She's so weird. Oh, it's so annoying, because it's, like, 3 a.m., Vink wants to change position. And it's the same Mirf she uses when she needs to go out, which is totally legitimate. Yeah, and I mean, she does go out usually actually at like 3 or 3.30 in the morning a lot of nights, most nights, I think, she needs to go out then. 
so fine, right? I'm happy to get up and let her out if she needs to go. But I don't know if it's the, I need to pee and we'll go on the carpet if you don't take me sound, or if it's the, oh, I would like to flip over onto my left side and I'd like you to watch me do it sound, because it's the same sound. So terrible. Um, Jasmine, this isn't like annoying, but it's kind of funny. She will slide under the bed. <laughs> Oh during, my God. She does not night. fit under the bed. I mean, she can smoosh herself under there. I mean, it's kind of like sticking your head in between the banister railings. <laughs> it goes one way, but you can't go to the back, right? No, she can't get out. And so, yeah, sometimes it's in the morning that we find it. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night we'll hear these weird sounds. And usually one of us will hear it. And then we'll be like, hey, Jasmine's under the bed. So like, <laughs> sometimes GR dad will be like, I need you to get up so I can lift up the bed. <laughs> Or I'll, I'll be like, oh, I think Jasmine's stuck. Because she also then tries to sit upright to get out, right? The, the ideal position would be on her side, and you could just kind of pull her out by her legs, and if she stayed flat, that would be the flat part. But no, she'd stand up and put her head up, and then she's lodged and wedged. Yeah, if we tag team, like, one of us can lift the bed. It's better when you lift the bed, sure. and I kind of grab all four legs and pull, because she, I think lets me pull her a little bit more than you um but usually it's like just one of us because it's the middle of the freaking night and we're sleeping (laughs) and so one of us will get out of the bed and then the other one will try to wrangle her out from underneath really what you need to do is flip her all the way around so her back comes out first but that's a lot of flipping you have this really complicated thing (laughs) i'm just like i'm grabbing all your legs and she doesn't get it she doesn't like it and she doesn't really understand that sticking her head up is like the bad thing to do yeah, that is super annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maggie, I mean, we sort of talked about, like, when she gets nervous, she needs to be in front of me looking at me all the time, which means if I try to walk somewhere, I'm kind of tripping over her. And uh, I've tripped on her many times. And her hips, it, you know, she can climb stairs really well and do all sorts of stuff, but her hips are not stable. Like, her back feet will slide out a lot. Yeah. Um, and so if she's, like, on the hardwood parts of the house and I'm trying to step over her and she's like no I must be facing you I must be in front of you facing you and she'll like back legs will slide out or she'll like dart really fast across the room to like get to the other side because she's all (laughs) worried and uh I mean I feel for her anxiety but man is it hard to get around when she's doing that she also does this thing where this isn't like terribly annoying or anything it's kind of endearing but she'll drink in her slobbery, oh, slobber yeah. way, and then she'll come over and lick your face immediately, just like sharing the joy. Yeah, she, it's like drink, 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 and then immediately face out of the bowl onto your face. There's like water coming out of her face <laughs> all over everything. Yeah, Hobbs, Hobbs and Maggie will both do this, where like if they want attention and you're not paying attention, especially like when I'm working at home, they will peek their head around the laptop and stick their faces right onto the keyboard, often when they're wet and drippy. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh no, like my computer's gonna short out because they're like dripping water on it. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of annoying. And if you see in the Snapchat, you know Hops will find the squeakiest toy and start squeaking it and then put it in your lap and start squeaking it and look up at you the whole time and if you don't do it she pushes it right up on your face (laughs) like she literally will smoosh her toy onto you i was trying to do i think like planks or push-ups or something and so i'm like on the floor planking and she like got some squeaky toy and 
put it on my back and she was like pushing it with her nose into my back because <laughs> I was not tugging it because I was like planking. Oh, we uh, must tug it. Yeah, it was time to tug it. That's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, and then if she wants to be pet and you don't pet her, she does the kind of like grab you with her paw thing. Jasmine does that too, but Hops is sort of worse. She's very insistent about it and will kind of scratch you. Yeah. Okay, so has no annoying habits. She just won't lick our faces yet. Yeah, it's pretty minor. Queso's almost perfect. Yeah, I'm trying to train Queso to lick the face. And <laughs> so Queso is... Hi. Hi, Queso. She just popped her head up and looked at us. She's nervous about having her face in our face. I think she probably got yelled at for licking faces when she was a puppy. That's my guess. She has that kind of nervousness about yeah. it. She looks away when you... Like puts her head away when you're you're getting too close to it with your face. Yeah, and some dogs just need personal space. Like my previous dog Pie was like that. She just didn't really like anybody up in her space. And Queso doesn't seem to have that issue. She just gets nervous when the faces are together because she seems to think like she shouldn't do it. And so I'm trying to train her that it's okay to have your face next to somebody else's face and then I hope that eventually will lead to a face lick and so you have to do this with positive reinforcement so I am putting like bread cheese like little snacks in my mouth first I'll give it to her by hand and then she'll take it and then I will put one in my mouth and I'll make her take it out of my mouth I think it's cheating Uh, it doesn't count as a lick it doesn't count as a lick Uh, and she hasn't actually even licked me doing any of that but now she will take the treats out of my mouth so she's learning that the face-to-face contact is not scary and then once she gets really comfortable with that i'm gonna get her to to do the licks this seems like sea world or something what i mean whatever (laughs) i just want a face lick i want an affectionate face lick and she gets close sometimes you think you can tell she wants to and then she's like oh wait no and she like turns her face away like a 30s movie star no no i can't <laughs> uh i'm gonna get her there and look so. it's got it's it's taken her six months to play with other dogs and seven months to bark so there's definitely possibilities and she does have these sort of the floodgates open right like i mean i remember putting on the snap like a month or two ago oh no it's like a super rare queso bork like she never ever barks I happen to have caught this one. And now this dog barks all the time. Like, she wants to play. To play. She hasn't done a protect bark yet, I don't think. No, she doesn't bark at, like, the mailman or anything. But, like, if she wants to play, which she does a lot, and then Hopper's, like, asleep on the floor, she'll just stand over Hops and start barking at her uh, with her big, like, boof, boof bark, which is awesome. Which is great, yeah. And she would never bark before, and now she's like, oh, cool, barking. I'm into this. So hopefully she'll get there with the face. (laughs) (laughs) Peanut butter and the treats in the mouth. I'm going to get her there, man. Maybe you should have a syringe of Braunschweiger. I mean, I would do that. Uh, Liverwurst. Like a little mouth syringe of Braunschweiger. (laughs) Whatever. If it'll get me a face like, get her to think that that's okay, I'll do it. Yep. Uh, We're working on the treats right now. She's still a little hesitant, so we'll get her there. Yeah. Any other dog facts you want to share? Uh, I mean, Venk needs a boost to get up on the bed. <laughs> and then the annoying upset. part is she doesn't want to get back down off the bed. So you have to like actually lift her back off the bed, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she has the elbow dysplasia and has arthritis. And so I understand. But she waits until, like, I'm just about to drift into sleep. Oh. 
And then she goes, Murph, Murph, I need to get off the bed. And then I have to get up and pick her up and put her down in her bed. And then she digs, digs, digs in her bed to, like, make herself a little nest. Yeah, and it's not completely credible because when she is excited and playing, she jumps up on the bed and off the bed all the time. Yep, up and down and up and down and zooming around. But uh, I, I don't know, like... She's like an annoying like toddler who's like, Mom, 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 <laughs> Mom, look at me. Mom, look at me. And it's like, you can do that stupid thing by yourself, and I don't need to look at you. This is why I don't have kids, because uh, <laughs> I would totally just be like, shut up and leave me alone. Just do it. Uh, yeah, you don't need me to watch you. Uh, you know, Vink's way cuter than a toddler. Though, so. Yes. She, oh, one more thing about Vink. You she, can see who has the most annoying she traits. Just, she just misses... Well, she's just in her own little world all the time. It's great, but also kind of weird. And, and like, she doesn't get stuff. But, like, we'll let all the dogs out. Oh, my God. And she's just sleeping in her bed. She's like, nah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. She'll wake up and she'll be like, nope, I'm staying here. Yep. And then we let all the dogs back in. Five minutes later, she goes, I think I want to go outside. <laughs> when was that happening? What? I've got to go outside. So you got to let Vank out. Yeah, and she kind of mysteriously won't do all her business for you so sometimes we're here at night and uh and jr dad will let them out and then vink will make her sounds and he'll open up the door and she'll like go out on the little we've got like a little back stoop and a couple stairs uh well now the ramp she'll go out on the stoop and she'll kind of look around and then she'll come back in she clearly needs to do some business but she won't do it if jr dad lets her out and he'll do it like three or four times and finally i'm like fine i'll get up and he's like i don't know she won't go for me and i take her out there and she immediately like goes out and does all of her business like she'll totally do it for me but for jr dad she's like no no i'll I'll just sniff the air out here interesting out here yeah yeah i don't know if she's distracted if she's like embarrassed to do it in front of you she's a goofball she's uh She's a tiny agent of chaos. <laughs> like people on Twitter and Snapchat are like, why is Vink team chaos? And it's like, man, do you know anything about my dogs? <laughs> like Vink is the embodiment of chaos. I mean, I admire world. it because she's totally in the moment. She does not care mm-hmm. about norms or mm-hmm. what people think. She just does exactly what she wants to do. And it's, it's, it's very liberating, I think. You get mad and she's like, you're making a lot of noise over there. Like... <laughs> She does not care. Now can I chew that again? Yeah, yeah, does not care. Oh, when she ate the $5 bill? Oh. <laughs> or the check that was a lot she more than $5? She did eat, like, some very big check of mine, uh, which I think I was able to salvage and deposit, but... Tape. Uh, yeah, I think I had to tape it. It was, thank God for internet check deposits where it kind of looked okay, but yeah, <laughs> she uh, she did eat a check of mine. And... She ate, oh my God. So uh, I work at the University of Maryland and I started in 2007. And so it was like right as we went into the big recession. And so we didn't get any raises, not even like cost of living increases for years. You got docked. Yeah, we had furloughs, um, you know, and you make decent money as a professor, but like you notice when 10% of your salary gets taken away because they're furloughing you. And so finally, like as we emerged out of the recession, we had a year and they gave us these bonus checks. And it's not really a bonus. Like I think it was to partially make up for all the cost of living stuff, but like not a, give us a cost of living increase. A catch up. 
Sort of, yeah. Like, here's some money that you would have made. It was not nearly as much as we lost, but they kind of give us a one-time check um, as we were coming out of that. We maybe got cost of living increases. So the check was big, you know, 750 800 bucks for me. And I bought myself a pair of Jimmy Choo slingback patent, navy patent leather beautiful heels with that check. I don't think it took the whole check, but it took most of it. They were very expensive and fantastic. And I Fabulous. Wore, oh my God, they are amazing. And, uh, and I wore them a lot. And Vink, one day, a number of years ago, thought that they looked like a chew toy. And she took the heel of one of those Jimmy Chews and just gnawed right through that navy blue patent leather, which, of course, no one can replace. Nobody has Jimmy Choo navy blue patent leather. Like, black patent leather, your regular shoe guy can fix, not navy blue. She just gnawed, gnawed, gnawed on that thing, and when I caught her, I took it away, and uh, and I have yet to find anyone who can replace them. I've even tried, like, calling Nordstrom and, like, Jimmy Choo and the places that they refer me to. No one can fix them for me. So uh, that was her most expensive, like, $700 chew toy was that pair of Jimmy shoes. Vink is quite an investment. <laughs> Vink is absolutely the most expensive thing I own, I guess, next to the house. She did not cost as much as the house, but I think she has, with all the surgeries, more than the car. Getting close to the house. Oh, my God. Yeah. Between, like, lost goods that she's eaten and then surgery costs. And that check that she almost ate. That check was a huge check. It was for, like, some big side project I had done. And... I mean, I did get that money, but she would have been fine with me like not getting all that money because it was snacky. And 90% of the time, she's fine, doesn't chew, is not destructive, but the 10% are high-value targets. Yeah, yeah, she'll be like, ooh, look, mail. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take this and have it as a snack. Like, just ran... I mean, I've seen her do it, like, randomly pick an envelope off the table and be like, cool, I'm going to eat this now. (laughs) It's not all the time, but it happens on occasion. Yeah. Chaos. We love Vink. She's great, but she'd be even better if she didn't do crap like that. We love her partly because she's so chaotic. Yeah, it's true. It's, I mean, it's nice to have like a really adorable, fluffy point of chaos in your life in a way. It keeps you like kind of zen and you don't value stuff as much. It's interesting because Hopper obviously does the good things and follows the rules and is well-trained. She's very anxious, and she always seems stressed. And, you know, the the Hopper emo meme is that she's just so put upon by everything and and, and she's so affected by everything. And Vink's the opposite. She does not care about rules. She doesn't, I mean, she just doesn't, isn't bound by conventions. It's very liberating. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I mean, we all need to be more like Vink to some extent. It's nice to have, because we're all a little bit like Hopper, but we'd like to be like Vink. But smarter than Vink would yeah, be good. I don't know. It's liberating, too. <laughs> I can just be dumb as a bag of rocks and not follow the rules and nothing bad's going to happen to me. Yeah, she yeah, That could be okay. She doesn't judge herself. She doesn't feel less about herself. No. She's just in the moment. Good job, Vink. Mindfulness lessons from you to all of us. In the moment. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week's Golden Ratio podcast. Oh, we need a German word of the week. How about chaos? 
I bet it's chaos. Chaotisch, yeah. It's spelled about the same. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about positive reinforcement? Do you know how to say that in German? No. I haven't thought about that. We Germans don't do that. <laughs> we believe in yelling at people really hard <laughs> if they don't know the rules <laughs> or don't know the language. How about a uh, golden retriever? Is a golden retriever? No, we say that too. Golden retriever. There's no German word for it because it's not a German breed. All right, let's just do dog. <laughs> Hund. <laughs> das ist mein Hund. Gehorsamkeit. Gehorsamkeit. I don't know that word. Obedience. Oh, nice one. Gehorsamkeit. Gehorsamkeitstraining. Wink has kein Gehorsamkeit. Gehorsamkeit. Nein. Wink <laughs> doesn't have it. Hat sie nie gelernt, Gehorsamkeit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there we go. German word of the week. Um, oh, super mega thank you to everyone who has signed up for Audible through our link. We have 17 people who have signed up so far, which is like a huge deal for us. That's more than we have dogs. <laughs> it is. And not only have we covered the podcast hosting costs for the year, we almost have covered like all the golden ratio technology costs for the year because we've got like the website and some random other stuff uh yeah occasional equipment like the microphones for this um we almost have it covered with the audible podcast sign up so thank you to everyone who signed up through our link um we love you but we love those 17 a lot yeah if you're one of the 17 we love you extra uh, if you'd like to join the ranks of the people supporting the podcast and the Waffle Fund and the Golden Ratio on the internet, you can sign up for Audible to get audiobooks, and you get a free book if you go through our link. It's audibletrial.com slash thegoldenratio, and we'll put a link in the description, and you can pick a book to get. Um, we've recommended a whole bunch of good dog books, and I think we've recommended some of our favorite books. You got any faves that you want to recommend? Not off the top of my head. No, I don't think I have any. No, I have a lot piled up right now, but I haven't read any right we now. We got some big stacks. <laughs> uh, I am so I am running an ultra marathon this weekend, which will be last weekend by the time you hear this podcast. Um, but I have been saving the new Stephen King novel for this ultra marathon. I actually was saving it for the uh, fifty miler that I was going to run, and I decided not to run. So that's on there. And I also just read the audiobook Dietland, which is a sort of feminist satire novel, which was a little bit weird. Soon to be a TV show or movie or something. Yeah, it is going to be a TV show. Um, it's a little bit all over the place, but it was really engaging and thought-provoking. So if you want some feminist literature for the summer, Dietland would be a good one to check out. And we're all feminists. We're all feminists in this household, absolutely. Uh, good. Thanks for listening. You can send us your comments and thoughts and questions and whatever on every social media platform to the Golden Ratio 4. We love to hear your feedback. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Thanks for listening. Woof. Bye. Bye. Are we ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm...
I mean, we're gonna have a lot of panting going on, I suppose. No, it's okay. <laughs> all right, we all done inspecting the mic? I'm ready. Hops, you have to get down. Hops, you have to get down. Stop pawing at him. Get down. Down or up? We'll get all the way up. That's fine, too. No, that's fine. Oh, jeez. 